Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. saying that welcome into the phly phillies podcast jamie lynch renee washington we got tyler zuli with us uh renee you are the official uh tabulator of who is actually first here in the chat because uh yes i don't have it open in front of me who we got who won congratulations to chris lemmer number one in the chat Chris, back up at his uh, rifle spot yes and then ray and neil uh also were one of the earliest ones in the chats and then jay christy dave p kevin you're all trickling in yes happy friday jamie i'm a little disappointed in you because you had a, a grand opportunity to open the show the right way and you didn't this is march <laughs> Woo! happy like- birthday of march everyone yeah yeah, yeah no it's good it's like uh <laughs> It's turning the pit. March is officially turning, uh, closing the book on winter to me. Now, March weather typically sucks mm-hmm. up here. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like you get some tease days, but then there's okay. a lot of rain, a lot of gray, and a lot of... But, you know, we got March Madness coming up. I know you've yeah. been doing some work in the college hoop season. Uh, you know, you got Masters not that far away. We're going to Clearwater. Spring is behind or ahead and winter is behind. It's a it's a good time of the year. I, I really like the spring a lot. So uh, happy March to everyone. How rude of me not to start no, the day like I that. Was, I really thought you were going to do it when you said happy first or happy Friday. Friday. All, I was all like I'm ready thinking for about happy Friday. first Friday. Happy first day. Happy March. Yes. And uh, welcome in, Jay. Good morning. And Kay Yinkst and uh, him, Aaron Stewart and Dave Dewar. Happy Friday to all you guys. Lots to get into today. Jamie, uh, you're a boomer. That's what? not Stewart. That's straightforward. <laughs> straightforward. All right. I'm trying you're to read quick. Like you you're such a boomer. What did I say? Stewart. Stewart. I mean, I just kind of like skip the... Oh, come on, man. I'm not speaking in numbers and letters. 
Uh, I mean, forward. also, I will say it's we have on our Mopar. monitor, it's harder to see things. So let's go with that, too. Mopar is going to be in Clearwater Beach in five days. Mm. Yao Ming joined the chat this morning. Oh, that's it. We got celebrities. Wow. We are all, we have made it, guys. Yao that's Ming it. has joined that's the it. chat. That's it. Let's just end the show now. I mean, uh, so lots to get into today. Here. We got a, a split squad. We got the good and the bad from yesterday. John Foley is going to be joining us. We are going to go over the top five managers in baseball. And does Rob Thompson make any of our lists? I don't know. Uh, lots to get into, including uh, I know John Foley wants to talk about Christian Pache. Um, I do, too. Yeah, I, I uh, do, too. <laughs> I think it would be a massive mistake if they don't keep this kid. He's shown you enough promise over you know just about a year of having him in the organization. He's still only 25 years old. Former top prospect, which I can't quit, of the Braves. You know, the Braves were calling him the next Andrew Jones at one point before he couldn't hit with them, and they moved him to Oakland. Uh, the Oakland A's, for some reason, I don't know why, just gave up on the kid and sent him here. Uh, Christian Pache with a home run yesterday. He leads the, leads the team with two, Renee. Uh, plays a great glove. He's young. He's athletic. He's improving at the plate. Uh, he... he you can't you can't move on from Pache. You got to keep him in. You got to find a way to keep him. I I really believe that. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to first give a thank you to Dave because it'd be rude of me to start things off without acknowledging the compliment. My thank you. Um, and as you were talking about Christian Christian Pache, I actually tweeted out yesterday about like, wait a minute, Christian Pache is one of the ones that has consistently of the bubble group that we can consider him a part of those guys either not only fighting for a roster spot but fighting for more playing time more opportunity on the field Christian Pache is one that we've talked about that has you know you know what he gives you and it's now a matter of in 2024 can he take that next step and so far two home runs and for him to be consistently one of the bright spots on this team I know you guys are taking uh talking in the chat about you know Johan Rojas and Dave, shout out to the Yoro nickname. It's time for Pache to get. It's time for a nickname. I'm gonna give no, him a nickname. It no, is. No, 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 no. No, can I be irrational and give him a nickname? He's got. Oh wow, Tyler gave me the thumbs up. I he's got to make the team first. He doesn't and make he the should. team. And he should. If he doesn't make the team, I'm concerned because I mean anything could happen. It's only week one of spring training games. But listen, he's right now on pace. For deserving a nickname, I'm going to start casually brainstorming some. And then as he continues this consistency, because you, as you all know, I'm very big on, you know, it doesn't need to be a one and done. Let's see this over time, weeks, months. But he's getting closer, guys. He's getting closer to nickname status. That's all I got to say. And I'm oh. loving the fact that Pache has been slamming balls out of the ballpark and just br being able to give us great at-bats. I love to see it. Yeah, so he That's was one it. of the stars from yesterday. A lot of the uh, lower name, uh, you know, Connor Brogdon's and Junior Martes of the world all performed really well. Uh, shut the Blue Jays out. <laughs> bunch of chumps. <laughs> Five nothing. <laughs> bunch of losers. Uh, well, so, the, so the World Series plans are back on. We're I was going to say, this yeah. is bingo. After a couple blown nine innings and a couple ties, <laughs> Three World, straight Series, games. World Series parade plans back on. Um, Three so, straight games of, of blowing the game in the ninth, and we were all like, ah, this team's not, whatever, we're getting irrational, but it's time, time to get irrational again, because as we are 27 days away from opening day versus the Braves, the Phillies have shut out the... The Blue Jays, and it Woo! feels like they're on track, guys. They're on track. So the split squad today, uh, some guys, including Ranger Suarez, who's starting the gay day. That was a weird. Um, 
is heading Don't to the Tigers, which isn't that far away. And then Aaron Nola is staying home versus the Marlins, the old split squad. And as Rich Hoffman said in his morning newsletter, I'm always curious how that is split. Like, because obviously you'd want to stay home, right? right. So, of course, Aaron Nola gets the nod over Ranger Suarez. Of course. Uh, but some of the other guys that go to on the road, it's like, how do they... Do they, does Rob Thompson just pick out of a hat? Like, how do you split up the split squad? All right, young fella, get on the bus. <laughs> yeah. The vets get I mean, to stay you would home, think, No, right? that's basically what it is. Um, and I know I just, you know, as we saw the lineups come out today, the Clearwater lineup is the, the veterans for the most part. Like, the starting group is a lot of the bigger name, the veteran guys that are locked in. The Lakeland group is not. So it's, yeah. you know, and road, now Bryson Stott is involved in that too. So I, you don't want to read too much into it because I do, as we talked about yesterday, one thing that we've noticed that Rob is doing a good job of is allowing for like a mixture in each lineup. It's not, you know, all the expected starters and then the next time all the expected, you know, bubble guys. It's mixing in and sprinkling in, you know, the Weston Wilsons, the Matt Croons, the Nick Podcoles with a Trey, Bryson, um, Kyle. So doing a nice job sprinkling and, and spreading things out. But it is interesting. I don't know how you decide it, but it looks like it was, like Tyler said, youngsters over here and Bryson Stott, go lead them. Uh, you guys go play Ranger Bryson and then uh, – Old heads over there. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to get real quick about uh, a ration, real irrationally quick about a 12 year old um, <laughs> Dominican kid. Um, the Phillies <laughs> got an Acuna. Oh. The Phillies signed an Acuna. Uh, most likely, the long history of getting the wrong brother in Philadelphia will live on through the Acuna family as the Phillies come to a verbal agreement with a 12 year old, <laughs> Renee. You excited? The younger brother of Luis Angel and uh, or Luis Angel. Luis Angel. Angel. <laughs> wow, words today. It's it's, it's, it's all one word. So it, it, like Luis and Angel. Angel are two. Like to me, that's two names. Come <laughs> on. Um, and but Ronald, we signed him. We got a twelve-year-old. Listen, as much in as twenty twenty-eight, he can actually sign with the Phillies <laughs> in the international signing period. As much as we don't like the Braves, and it's annoying that Ronald Acuna Jr. is so good with the Braves. We, got we talked Acuna. about wanting Acuna. We'd love to have Acuna in Philly. We just need to be. I, I, I've learned this, guys. We've got to be better at being specific with what we're manifesting because we did. Even when we were going through our top five, we're like, oh man, we'd love to have Acuna with the Phillies. And we have Acuna with the Phillies, yeah. um, just twelve-year-old Acuna. But the Acuna brothers and the the whole you family, know me, sucker for bloodlines. I'm gonna say the bloodline runs thick because Luis Angel with the Mets uh, in their pipeline program. Now you've got Kenny coming along. I don't see any reason why uh, why not. Let's get irrational. This yeah, is Kenny, twelve-year-old's um, 12 Kenny. I'm gonna apologize to Kenny now. I have. Um, Really no choice in this matter but to get completely irrational <laughs> about your possibilities here in a Phillies uniform. So, um, I, sorry, you have a lot of pressure oh, on man. your shoulders at 12 years old. Uh, but he looks like quite a specimen. Quite a large 12. Quite a large 12-year-old. I don't read into being a 12-year-old boy because you're well, like... Well, when I first saw the video, I was like, oh, this kid. kid's like 16, 17. Yeah. And, then I, and then I read more and I was like, wait, he's 12? And Damn. Louis Angel, I haven't seen his picture in a while, but he also is a bigger kid too. Like there's, there's something there in the Acuna family where they definitely, um, you know, grow a little quicker than they than they look. But at 12, and what helps, what I like the most, 
because I know we've talked about this even on the union show with like a uh, Kevin Sullivan, the younger brother of Quinn Sullivan. When you have a talented older sibling and you're the youngster and you're just learning from them and you're picking up all their tendencies and, you know, you get a chance to learn from each of them. Honestly, it really does allow, there's a lot of pressure there, don't get me wrong, because you are constantly in the spotlight of a Ronald. But on the other side, you are a sponge taking all that in. Can you imagine your 12-year-old self learning from, forget who else you learned from growing up. Imagine yeah. you're learning from Ronald, and he's giving you pointers, yeah, and he's showing you. you know, so for that reason alone, it's exciting because it's like, okay, let's see how this kid develops. He is only 12. There's a huge age gap there. Which gives him also time and separation. It's, it's not like he's excited a year for a younger. twelve-year-old I've ever been as a Phillies fan. Watch it there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got Nakunya. What's not to be excited about? Yeah, uh, Dave's saying all this talk about a twelve-year-old is kind of creepy. It is. It is. Watch how We're you guys are baseball. talking about this twelve-year-old. We're talking about baseball here. We're not talking about another other things. But it is exciting because I think there's a big enough gap. Had he been like a year or two younger, I feel like. Sometimes those types of siblings really struggle, but there's such a big enough it's, gap. He can be his own person. It's so weird. And like it's, verbally agreeing with a 12 But that's where we are in 2024. Yes, sir. I that's would like where to we play are. for the Phillies one day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I like so, the Phillies. Yes, like Natalie, Dave, Mickey, just hit that thumbs up button while you're here as well. Thanks for the compliment, Natalie. Ray, seeing some other people in the chat. Randy, happy Friday, everybody. We're talking about a 12-year-old talent that has already verbally committed. And we've been seeing this in college commitments why not see it in professional commitments yeah, I mean, you the, see a lot the, of like sixth graders and seventh graders are now committing to college i was just having some fun with it are. but like the good news here is the phillies were historically behind <laughs> on oh, all international on signings like they were one of the last major league clubs to get a dominican academy uh they were one of the last ones to you know basically tap into the latin american market they've been slow in the japanese market uh and i think this is credit to dave dombrowski and mattingly and sam fold and everybody um they you know the dominican thing started like a decade ago now at this point but they were behind the times then um and you know our discord channel this morning was talking about sasaki next mm -hmm. year the 23 year old japanese pitcher uh, that's going to be available, and, and and a lot of people say he's better than Yamamoto, uh, and you know the signing or the offer, excuse me, they made to Yamamoto should really you know lend a pretty nice olive branch over to the Japanese market. So like internationally, the Phillies are are actually starting to get some clarity and starting to figure this stuff out, and. We joke about a 12-year-old kid because who the hell knows? But great family. Uh, but yeah. the, these are the types of things that they, you know, kind of should be doing. So uh, kudos to them for for branching out internationally and uh, making this stuff happen. Yeah, it's exciting. It's some, it's a change. It's a sign of a change at the times, being a little bit more aggressive. Absolutely. Um, so, hey, we'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. Yeah, in, in 2031, <laughs> we'll circle back and see yeah, if this kid... You know, uh, remember this moment and... The so first day of March in 2024. He'll be pretty much 18. Yep. So by the time, I mean, if he's on Ronald's path, Ronald was up at what, 2028? He'll be 18, Jamie. Huh? Did you say he's going to be 18 in 2028? 17. Right? Or he, I don't know his exact age. He's approximately 12 or 13. Well, that's true. We don't know. So the international <laughs> signing, you can start when you're technically 17 and you're supposed to be around 18. So he's. So yeah, maybe that math is not math it, but yeah, okay. Let's say he's thirteen so, max. So he's <laughs> let's say he's seventeen in twenty twenty eight, maybe by 
2031, he, he could be locking down an outfield Where spot Where would we be in 2031? Yeah. We'll be right here still talking about Kenny, guys. Yeah. Right here in the same spot. Uh, but great like, bloodline. Remember line. when? Yeah. Uh, does anybody here care about who actually starts the home opener? No. I mean, yeah. th there's an answer as to who it should be if you want the best pitcher. Well, because Aaron Nola was asked about it. Okay. And I don't care. I think Aaron Nola is going to get the ball again. He probably will. He's the longest tenured Philly. And he disagrees with that. Well, he's right. He's, he should not get the ball, but he probably will. Like, do I care, though? No. I mean, they're both going to pitch. Yeah. But they're going to, Rob Thompson's going to give it to Aaron Nola. Probably. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Nola was asked about it yesterday. He was on foul territory. Uh, and, you know, Zach Wheeler got bouquets thrown at him from Aaron Nola. Uh, here's what Aaron Nola had to say about Zach Wheeler. To me, he's the best pitcher in the major leagues. I mean, he shows it every single year. The way he can command a baseball with his pitches and pitch at that high velocity, I really don't see it much around the league. A guy who takes the ball every single time and never wants to come out of the game, it's pretty awesome to be on the same team as him. Uh, he basically said Zach Wheeler should start opening day uh, and really just said, you know, I hope they lock him up. I hope that they agree to this extension with them. I hope they get it done. And he was just talking about how much he loved being a teammate and a competitor with Zach Wheeler. So it was really cool to see yesterday. Yeah, and I like that because it's very selfless of him to mention that. It's not like he's saying, you know, there's some of these some of these conversations and questions um, can easily lead a player down the wrong path depending on how they respond to it. And I think that's the correct response. As we know, there's so many games, and there's no question about, you know, Nola and Wheeler and and where they stand on the team. So I don't know that it I, – I agree, like, with you guys. I don't think it matters at all. I know in the chat you got no, like, to make uh, it, like, flip a coin. It's pomp and circumstance-like stuff. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's... You, you love them both. They're both going to get plenty of opportunities. Um and, hey, it, it'll be a very long season, so we won't even remember who started opening day. So I'm, I'm yeah. whoever it is, if it's Nola, if it's Wheeler, I'll just be happy in 27 days when we finally have, you know, if we are officially into the start of the season because it is baseball month, guys. It's happening it is. this month. And our own John Foley is going to be joining us in a little bit. Went viral yesterday with one of his tweets. I saw, like, Barstool picked it up, and it was in Philly's Reddit. And uh, make sure you're following along with John. He's going to be joining us in about 13 minutes or so uh but he had this uh in his tweet yesterday just gotta say pretty good for the phillies world series odds renee uh john tweeted out leap years have been very good to the mm -hmm. phillies 2008 leap year 1980 leap year 2024 leap year so Get your Phillies bets in to win the World Series now, plus 1,500. Those are pretty nice odds when it's clear the Phillies are going to win the World Series this year, thanks to the leap year. Leap year equals championships, basically, is what that means. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I know I saw John tweeting about it, and then as I was look, thinking it over, I was like, wow, that is – that." I was doing the math. I'm like, that is correct. Those are all leap years. And so I know we've talked about that extra day and, you know, making the most of the additional 24. Well, the Phillies in the past leap years made the most of that extra 24 and had a leap year championship. So uh, if, if the World Series title it gets if, if anything else to sway me that this is the year to win it all, that was it. Clearly. Um, it's a leap year. Somebody in the <laughs> chat was asking uh, who Zach Wheeler's agent is. His name is Al Goats from yes. uh, Jet Sports Management. Boris. So it's not a uh, 
Scott Boris. On the leap year front, I watched an interesting video last night. Uh, we have Julius Caesar to thank for uh, the leap year installation into the calendars. Now, it went on to say that July 4th, over the course of 500 years, oh. is how long it would take for July 4th to happen in the dead of winter if we didn't recognize leap year. Isn't what? that weird? So you'd basically move back a little bit every year. So it would take 500 years for July 4th to be celebrated in the dead of winter if it wasn't thanks to Julius Caesar oh, and, I love and the this. leap year. I love this because there Isn't was... Isn't that weird to think about? Like think July 4th in the middle of winter? It's so cool, actually. Like, I'm nerding out because I love this type of stuff. And the whole reason behind leap year is because it's you don't get a full uh, rotation each year of technically a full year is what 365 days and point, point two yeah exactly or like so that. that leap year is to reset it so that actually makes complete sense if it wasn't getting reset every weird? four years we'd have winter in july i know we have christmas in july but it'd be winter in july i was in australia one year for christmas and we were on the beach playing cricket that morning it was pretty weird that is weird yeah i think yeah certain holidays need to be in the cold and certain july 4th in the winter be, would be weird as hell like setting off fireworks in your in your jackets and blankies. Yeah. So That'd thank you, thank you, Julius Caesar. I know. For allowing wow. us to have July Fourth in the summer. Julius loved his calendars. I yeah. I think that stuff is so cool because it's fascinating how they were able to figure that out even back then, um, and and have something that would change the world. And you know what else is changing the world? And the world's first functional soda with a classic soda taste, mm. and the benefits of plant-based fiber, prebiotics, and other botanical ingredients to support gut health. It is our new sponsor, Olipop. 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 My wife is you hooked. You can. Uh, Check out this new kind of soda. It has got only two to five grams of sugar, nine grams of fiber per can. It is a new kind of, of soda because it's a, for a couple of reasons, the health factors and benefits. It's available online and available in almost 30,000 retailers worldwide. Most recently, they've launched in Wawa. So those of us that have a Wawa nearby, like myself, you can also purchase Olipop in your local Wawa. They did make that debut recently. Um, and they've got two flavors that are debuting in Wawa specifically, their classic root beer and their strawberry vanilla. We were fortunate to have those two popular flavors and many others here right in our office to check out ourselves. And listen, when it comes to Olipop, pop and their ingredients their health benefits and also just the people behind it it's absolutely worth checking out so for olipop so excited to have them on board with us and for you guys to be able to check them out you can actually take advantage of our code phly20 to be able to get 20 percent off of your next olipop order that discount code does only apply to one-time orders not to subscription orders but olipop is sold online at drinkolipop.com it's on amazon it's available and as i said 30,000 different stores worldwide, Target, Sprouts, Wegmans, Wawa, ShopRite, GoPuff, where you can check out Olipop. So again, use that code PHLY20, get 20% off your next Olipop order, and start working towards better gut health, prebiotics, all the delicious ingredients that they have, plant-based fiber, to drink a delicious Olipop soda. It's about to be spring and summertime, guys. Don't we love the cracking of a nice can of soda sitting outside, relaxing in the sun. So check out Olipop today, and uh, thank you again to our newest sponsors on board with us here at PHOY, Olipop. Yeah, right there in the express cases at Wawa, which is awesome mm -hmm. because uh, I, I find myself in a Wawa uh, uh, a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so looking forward to seeing them in Wawa's all over the place. Uh, look, I got a proud dad moment for me today. I got a, a great parent-teacher conference about my eldest, and you know what I said to myself? I'm going to have some lunch beers today because I feel great. 
I feel great. This is a Friday. I'm proud of my daughter. And I started thinking about cold Miller Lights, Renee. Uh, there's some right over there in the fridge. Everybody knows them. It's Miller Light. It's the Beer Drinker's Light beer. It's a great thing to have with friends and family. If they come over, tell them to grab a Miller Light out of the fridge. Anywhere beer is sold, uh, one of the beauties of Miller Light is that you can pretty much find it wherever beer is sold. Uh, whether you're on a flight, landing in a state far away, Miller Light is everywhere. Why? Because it's the Beer Drinker's Light beer. Uh, and as we close the book on winter and get ready for, for beach season, uh, it's 96 calories and uh, minimal, minimal grams uh, of sugar. It's less filling, only 96 calories, a light beer that tastes like beer. Um, it's just that great. You know, anytime friends and family are over, I just say, hey, head down to the beer fridge, help yourself to a Miller Lite. Uh, hopefully getting out on the golf course this weekend. I'm going to stash a couple Miller Lights in the bag uh, because it's just a great tasting, light, refreshing Beer. Uh, Miller Lite keeps it simple. It's undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away from everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. Less filling, only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. Mm. Times change, but you can always enjoy on the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, who doesn't love that? Visit MillerLite.com slash PHLYFills, or you can find it pretty much everywhere beer is sold. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. I can taste that beer already. Um, so, it's Friday, and you know, right? I, everybody, everybody thinks about a little bit of a wine or cocktails or beer on Friday, I think, uh, because... You know, the work week is hard. It's it's nice to finally be here on a Friday. Uh, John Foley <laughs> will be joining us from Clearwater shortly uh, to talk about the split squad and, uh, you know, the week that was. John saw all the games this weekend. Not this weekend, this week. Uh, we actually were fortunate enough yesterday to have the MLB TV feed of the Toronto game here in the studios. Uh, that was nice. But let me get on my old oh, man. No. Oh, I was wondering where you are going yes. with this, Jamie. Let me get on my old man soapbox and yell at the clouds because, you know, look, sometimes my uh, my venting is irrational. Sometimes it's, I think, profound and prophetic and, and insanely rational. All right, Tyler, you're going to have to be bear with me here. Oh, no. Where are we going with this? Paul you just you, you just called yourself like a prophet, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's that's serial killer stuff. Yes. Paul Skeens. 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 Paul Skeens, the number one pitching prospect in baseball, uh, the big stud. A lot of people call him you. Libby Dunn's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, you know, number one pitching prospect in baseball. Yesterday, faces off against the number one positional prospect in baseball, mm -hmm. Jackson Holiday. And oh yeah, to boot, Corbin Burns just happened to be on the mound as well. So you have the number one pitching prospect facing the number one hitting fielding prospect. You would think that game is broadcast on TV, right, Renee? Know, Jamie, this is I something know. that would build, uh, you know, the fan bases of the Pirates and the Orioles next generation and get them excited about the kids, the top prospects. I know. You Jamie. would think it would it'd be streamed, it would be broadcast, it would be I everywhere. Know, Jamie. Was it, Renee? No, it was not, Jamie. It wasn't even streamed. Two of the most exciting prospects in baseball, and all you could do was listen on the radio. Mm, I know, Jamie. That is some bullshit. Thank they're you. there. They're there. Thank you. Um, 
Come on. I know. What are you doing, Major League Baseball? Look, I've given you a lot of credit recently. I think this Futures game is a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think the rule changes were, for the most part, a great idea. Mm -hmm. You're, you're kind of marketing better. You're allowing social media videos and all that stuff you didn't used to do. You've come a long way. But when you have a matchup like that, spring training or not, I know. put it on something. I know. Okay. Renee, you sound like a mom right now. I know. It's okay. <laughs> she just wants to listen. Everything so listening. Right. When my wife comes home, when she there. comes home sometimes, and she just wants to like vent and get Let it off it all her chest. I just walk out. over and pour a glass of wine. I'm yeah, like, I'm, yeah mm -hmm. I'm in my mind pouring Renee's you a nice Miller Light. Right now. Yeah. She's going, yeah. yeah, just get it off your chest, Jamie. Are, the are issue that yet? it always comes down to is it is completely nonsense. I know in the chat you guys are also getting fired up with Jamie. It's stupid. And I, okay, we're back. The thing is, Chris it Slemmer, comes down who lives to in Baltimore. Couldn't even get it. I know. Come on. Yeah, it's it's egregious. It's bad. So for sports that are still growing and trying to increase their audience and get you know into more households, get more diverse, get more fans that are just aware of them and understand you know who they are, who their players are, connecting with the athletes on a personal level. They've missed the mark in a lot of ways, unfortunately, because they're so focused on the right now bottom dollar. If Everything we can't is monetize, about the bottom dollar. Yeah. If we can't monetize it right now in this instant, we don't see the value of it, which is why and I'm, you know, we've complained about this in the MLS because with the Apple TV deal, they're actually they've taken away local broadcasts. They've taken away the ability to watch preseason games. Major League Baseball is the same thing. The only way you can watch is either through the radio listening or MLB Network. You can't easily just Turn on your TV and watch Stupid. a spring training game because they don't make money off of that. But as you're mentioning, you're losing money in the long run because this would be an investment that now if you have spring training should be something that's like free and accessible, especially in the local markets. Yes. I understand maybe not broadcasting it nationally, but for someone like Chris that lives in Baltimore, it should be on your local TV where you can get a basic stream doesn't have to be pretty doesn't have to have a ton of broadcasters or all these you know replays and angles and things we would take a fixed camera just giving us a nice wide shot of the field that'd be fine just something to be able to watch what's going on and if you can at least tap into those local markets so now baltimore fans get to watch you know now as you mentioned for padres fans they get to watch now you're going to in the long run connect fans with the athletes with the players which will then in turn get you more revenue through merch ticket sales you know i'll be more excited to go watch paul or jackson in the future after knowing hey you know i remember seeing them back in 2024 so it's a shame because they're they're so focused on money 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 you're missing out on what would help the league these guys these teams the best and i don't understand why in 2024 there still isn't an easier way to have every single spring training game like, unless coaches say this is going to be a closed game, because you see that in the NBA and the NFL, you have closed scrimmages where you don't get to see it at all, but you have the majority of them are wide open. You can watch everything. I mean, football, you can watch everything from, you know, the, the combine to where these guys um, go to eat to the, watching them tie their shoes to get, you know, to, to go out for a jog. Like, you get every, every little detail. I literally just saw kickball on yes, ESPN2 recently. you get recently. every single detail. And, and then on doing? top of that, exactly as you're mentioning, and I know somebody I believe said it yesterday, you'll turn on, an, you know, a sports network and you'll get cornhole games, kickball games. Like, there's, there's a need for something to stream. Clearly, um, why not get preseason games on your TV. So it's very frustrating that in 2024, they still haven't found a way 
they could have a whole like preseason you know stream on your on your phone i've got the mlb app and of course i have to like pay to be able to watch some of the well, games yeah, that's and what some Jim's of them are free in the chat he said if, yeah, it, if like, i lived in pa i wouldn't even be able to see it because exactly. it would be locally blacked out uh, i live thing. in west virginia so it allows me and that's what we used yesterday watch the blue jays feed and like that's fine i mean that's kind of the direction everything's going where you're charging people for access to have mlb tv that's what it comes down but, to like at the same time when you have the number one pitching prospect versus the number one exciting positional player in baseball give baseball fans a chance to watch that because mm -hmm. you know chances are they're only going to see each other once like and you're even just do like a live check-in on mlb network the way um what they used to do that with uh the live look-ins what was that all the time it wasn't well, red there's zone, the red zone was, for the nfl where they do that well, uh, they'll the give you the updates I, I love Scott like i would Hansen. i would even enjoy a red zone style for spring training yeah, games where we understand. just get because the other part is we can't even get highlights. Fortunately, John is down there, so he's he's tweeting out videos. And if you're not following, go do so. He's tweeting out videos from the games. But you can't even get, okay, Christian Pache hits a home run. You got to hope the Phillies tweet out because otherwise you might not see it. I'd even love a, a live look-in from some sort of MLB dugout vibe. I'm, I don't know what the name would be. And you're just going in and you're showing clips from spring training games and giving updates and giving scores. There's just nothing. And it's a shame to do to fans because as we've been doing on the show, you wait for so long, you finally get, you know, spring training underway, games are started, they're playing every day, and you can't even watch top prospects your team anything yeah, i'd love to stupid. watch a game it's it's frustrating guys uh, I know. so before we talk to john foley momentarily here um this was in rich's newsletter yesterday this was the espn piece about the baseball realignment of divisions and i just wanted to throw this out there because it's so kind of wild to me so this was behind a paywall so rich basically um just took the uh the part that was significant here with the baseball realignment um, this is with the expansion of baseball. You'd have to balance things out. Uh, and the idea from ESPN was to make it a little more um, centric to the area. Um, you know, having the Braves in the NL East, yeah, sure, they're an East Coast team, but they're not that close. So yeah. this is what the proposed new division for the Phillies would look like uh, uh, by ESPN. Uh, the Phillies division would then be the Phillies, Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles, Nationals, and the Montreal Expos, uh, which was the expansion hypothetical in the argument. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of love it. It's like the Northeast Division. No yeah. more American and National League. Uh, having the Yankees and Red Sox as kind of division rivals, I think, would be pretty cool question mark yeah. <laughs> I, I have no problem leaving the Braves uh, rivalry in the dust and you know the nationals even like do very little for me uh that was fun for like two years but yeah. like i think that would be a fun realignment if they actually went through with it yeah i mean i think it comes down to you know if you could regionalize these these divisions in a way that makes more sense it does for travel purposes for whatever that means because there's so many games so much traveling anyways um but that would make it even easier yuck, Chris um, I, and then i know it'd be something exactly as chris is saying yuck like a lot of people at first would have a hard time wrapping their heads around it because change is tough 
I know guys, <laughs> but overall with expansion, I'd love to shake things up a bit. Also just from the sake that you get a, a chance to like you're hitting on start a new rivalry, rivalry with a new I mean, team. You can take a train so, ride up to a yeah, lot of those games. Like that would be fun. Let's, uh, let's bring John Foley in from Clearwater here and I'll ask him, uh, not only do we have to get to Christian Pache with oh, John, yes. uh, but John, we were just talking about the ESPN proposal, uh, for the expansion story they were doing for Major League Baseball and the division realignment. Uh, I don't know if you heard any of that, but the proposed division realignment by ESPN would have the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles, uh, Nationals, uh, and Mets in the division with the Phillies. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on that new uh, realignment? I think I, I think I can go thumbs down on that. I I don't know. I mean, I'm... <laughs> Maybe maybe I'm a boomer too. I called that conversation earlier. Uh, but you know, I was I was anti pitch clock, and that's worked out great, huge success. So maybe it would be fine. And like Renee said, you would create new rivalries. I just I don't I don't want those old rivalries to go away. Um, I understand that it would make a lot of sense logistically uh, and for all sorts of reasons. But at that's a that's a pretty radical realignment. I yeah. I would at least like to maintain National League and American League where where they've been. If we can do that, maybe that maybe there's a compromise area. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, John, we were just venting and ranting about the fact that we are unable to watch games easily on TV because they're not accessible. You have been able to watch all of the games for the Phillies, and fortunately, you've been doing a great job uh, tweeting out, you know, updates, scores, you know, showing videos every time, you know, something, a major highlight happens. So we appreciate you for that. But one of the biggest names that have been emerging as we've kicked off spring training games, Christian Pache. He uh, had hit his second home run of spring training to start. He's been a bright spot and one that's been consistently giving good at bats. You know, what have you seen from Christian Pache and, and the Phillies down in their start for spring training games? Yeah, you hit on you hit on two topics very close to my heart right there. First of all, I'm with you guys. What is baseball doing? You you put out this product, people want to see the product. Why don't you let the people see the products? So, you know, I'm doing what I can from the press box, trying to catch some highlights here and there. Uh, whatever doesn't get me kicked out, <laughs> whatever's, whatever's legal. Um, but it's crazy because I'm sitting there thinking, I have my phone right here. I can FaceTime and, you know, the city of Philadelphia could could watch the game so yeah, I, I almost got revoked from the nba summer league for doing that it was uh ben simmons debut in the summer league yeah no. and i was streaming it from uh the media and i had uh, okay, nba Jamie. security come down and uh shut my ass down <laughs> <laughs> yeah they will lock it down so i thought i can't really take matters into my into my own hands and and stream it but i'll, I'll bring you what i can within the rules um, but it's it's just a shame, and it makes no sense for anybody involved. Uh, but we will jump to Christian Pache because the idea that the the Phillies might keep Jay Cave on the roster instead of Pache, thirty one year old Jay Cave, and look, no disrespect to Jay Cave, he's he's great. He's a fellow member of the Premature Gray Beard Club. He's, he seems fantastic. I don't want to disrespect Jay Cave, but. You can't just have a job because you're left-handed. He, he uh, didn't even hit righties particularly well. Pache, and yet sometimes you get enamored with a guy who's labeled as a as a top talent early. And I have been. I mean, this is this is 
a guy who uh, who's been highly touted for years. He's only 25. Before Johan Rojas showed up, there was a brief period there where you know, Kristen. We were talking about Kristen Pache the same way everyone talks about Johan Rojas now. You know, he he showed up. He was hitting 300 ish for a while before things you know bombed out. But you know, elite defender and maybe not. Johan Rojas, if it weren't for Johan Rojas, we'd be, we'd be talking about him that way. Um, and it just seems to me, I understand you need left-handed bats, and you don't want your only left-handed bat on the bench to be Garrett Stubbs, your backup catcher. That puts you in a situation. At the same time, can you can you take that can you take that hit to keep a guy on your roster? He's out of minor league options for for anyone who's who's not aware. So you can't stash him in the minors. You're going to lose him. Um, you want to hear my I theory? I think roster. I can solve this really easy. Start, so start talking and uh, kicking tires in Clearwater. I think they trade Sosa. Stott can offset Turner. Merrifield can offset Bohm and Stott uh, and also do a little outfield. I think you trade Sosa, keep Cave and Pache. Boom, problem solved. Yeah, I'd, I can see that. Um Sosa has value too. I, That's I why just, you trade him. You yeah. might get like a veteran bullpen yeah, type yeah, arm. Trade, or I mean, trades change the calculus on any of this, right? Like, if you can get a position of need for Pache for somebody for a team that similarly recognizes his value, then go ahead and do that. Um, you know, if, if you can get value for Sosa, okay, do that. But, you know, it's, it's just in terms of, you know, if you talk about. I don't want to get into the Sixers world, but if you talk about assets and just having, you know, Pache feels like an asset. Sosa feels like an asset. Jay Cave, again, my... Handed. Yeah. He's left handed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's what it is. His value, his, his value is not... Yeah, but now as you're seeing guys like Pache playing better, um, even Sosa having, uh, you know, value as a trade asset... You know, Jake Cave is just there, and there's not, there's no need for him. Whit Merrifield is already ha- and should solve a lot of problems, um, especially on the you know fielding side. But Jake Cave, it'll be a never-ending, I feel like, conversation about you don't need him just because he's left-handed. So listen, though, John, as you're down watching the games, you know, what are kind of your key takeaways that you've had because you've been able to see, you know, we get clips, we get the occasional stream here and there. You've been able to see day in and day out from batting practice and bullpen sessions to now spring training games to start off the spring training period. You know, what have you noticed about this team that's, you know, are some key takeaways you can share for those of us that are limited? I think the I think the biggest takeaway is the professionalism. This is a team on a mission. You know, 2022, when it sort of came out of the blue, it was like a magical ride. Uh, 2023 and they came in i'm sure professional but this year you you could just tell it it it, you know it sort of harkens back to the 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 last golden era of you know 2007 through 11 where there's only there's only one goal when merrifield was talking about it uh on a broadcast Uh, I i think we had a clip um you know they're they're focused there's what Whit said was, you know, there's there's a lot of guys here. They've they've done the other things they need to do in baseball. They've, you know, they've they've made it. They've proven themselves individually. They've landed their contracts, and there's only one thing left for them to do. A lot of these guys, and that's that's bring that bring that trophy back. 
So, John, uh, last one for you before we uh, dissect the top five managers in baseball and does Rob Thompson fall in the, that list. Uh, you had a tweet that went a little viral yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's a leap year, so I guess the Phillies are winning the World Series, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's the only logical conclusion to draw. You know, there are From people it? out there who are trying to say that there are, have been other leap years where the Phillies didn't win a championship. Now, I, I don't know if they're right or wrong. I'm doing my own research on that. It may, it may be the case. Uh, but I like our odds. I like our odds there. I think I think there's only been three. Yeah. Well, yeah. John, you're doing a great job uh, writing recaps of the game. I love the good, the bad, and the uglies. For, for those of us that don't get to watch these games, uh, it's a great little synopsis. So uh, keep up the great work. Keep pushing out great content on Twitter. And uh, have a great weekend watching the fills. And uh, we are how many days away? 12 days away uh, from cracking a beer in the sunshine down in Clearwater Beach. Yes. Yeah, awesome job, hey. John. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Tyler. It's uh, can't wait till you guys get down here. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is. Twelve days away, and yes, Dave P. We also cannot wait for the season to start because that uh, season opener in 27 days will be here before we know yeah. it. And as we get closer to the start of the season, make sure that you're taking advantage of the Game Time app because over at the Game Time app, when you download it, it makes it a lot easier to be able to browse through any sort of tickets, games, concerts, comedy shows, any events, sports and entertainment-wise. The Game Time app has a lot there for you. They also do a great job of giving you notifications when there are you know, great prices or new tickets that are available on the Game Time app. So when you download it today and use the code PHLY, you'll be able to get $20 off of your purchase at the Game Time app. They simplify the process for you in buying tickets. They allow you to see where you're going to be seated and giving you a nice picture view of your shot from your seat. And then once you show up, it's a lot easier to now have your tickets right on your phone so you can scan, get inside, and start having some fun. So again, with the Game Time app today, download it, use code PHOY, get $20 off. They already have great low prices, tickets for a lot of different events in your area, and they now will make it that much easier for you to enjoy the ticket buying process, making that quick so you can get to the fun part, the game, the concert, the comedy show, having fun and enjoying yourself over at the Game Time app. Yeah, and everybody in the chat talking about Christian Pache. Look, he's 25 years old, and he's showing you a lot of promise. If yeah. you, uh, let's say, Johan Rojas struggles and goes down, uh, who would you rather have filling in on a daily basis, Christian Pache or Nick slash Jake Cave? Come on. I mean, I think we all want Christian Pache <laughs> out there. Uh, so that's what it boils down to. It's about promise and hope. Uh, and you know what else is about promise and hope? I, can, I could already taste it on a nice Saturday morning. Uh going to bagels and company and getting one of my favorite bagels because they what they do is it's really quite a service they take the best of rat city new york uh the best they have to offer and they bring it right here to us in our uh utopian society of the delaware county uh and they provide the rat city bagels um which they're known for i'll give them credit brooklyn style bagels everybody kind of knows it and they bring them right here in your backyard uh they have a large variety of, of bagels daily usually 15 to 20 different types and these are the huge boys in this economy you want that huge bagel you want that bang for your buck in the bagel uh and they usually do a ton of uh, theme schmears and cream cheeses. Uh, I'm sure there will be a Phillies opening day cream cheese. Uh, they usually have 30 different flavors of cream cheeses and schmears. Uh, seasonal stuff, staples, you know, Sixers playoff stuff. They'll be getting into all of it. And affordable prices. L literally, I went to not a Bagels & Co. Uh, shop 
recently and I was uh, my jaw hit the counter when they rang me up for my prices and bagels and company said in this economy we got to keep things real for people so they give you affordable prices uh, which is which is key because a lot of companies you know jack up prices all the time and you go wait this was a different price like three weeks ago bagels and company said we're not going to do that uh they they don't want to be that bougie place where you just go splurge on the weekend they want to be that everyday mom and pop bagel shop for you uh because they cater to the everyday individuals a lot of their customers are repeat and they have really good coffee too and you're not going to pay like eight dollars a cup for it uh, like some other places. Uh, so for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest one to you. All right, let's get right into it. The top five managers in baseball. Uh, this is more or less rounding out our top five list. The manager one is an interesting hmm. uh, one because... It's hard to exactly dissect what a manager does. The famous Earl Weaver saying in baseball is that a good manager can win you seven to eight games a year. Uh, a bad manager can probably lose you, you know, seven to eight games a year. Um, a lot of what a manager does is, I think most important is managing the locker room and right. second most important is managing the bullpen. Outside of that, I mean, it's kind of minimal game situation type stuff. Uh, some guys get credit for player development. Some guys get overcredited for having a really expensive high roster or highly paid roster. Some guys get a lot out of a little. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's kind of I'm interested to see where everybody is because there's so many different ways at looking at a manager uh, and whether they're good or not. Uh, so let's just get it started. I will go with my number five manager on my list. Uh, we lost to him last year. In the NLCS, uh, <laughs> I thought he outmanaged Rob Thompson. I think he's established himself as one of the better managers in baseball. Uh, and I'm going to go with Lavolo from out in the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Tori Lavolo outmanaged Rob Thompson to me. I thought he had a really, really nice year. The Arizona Diamondbacks uh, are good. Uh, they have a lot of expectations, and it seemed like they got the most out of a little bit last year. Uh, they got some young players emerging. I think a manager helps get credit for fostering young players uh, like Moreno and, and uh, Corbin Carroll. So I think Lavolo did a really nice job and is going to stay as one of the top managers in baseball. And by the way, real quick, I'm an idiot. I can't spell. I spelled that man's name wrong on every no. single one of your graphics. That's, who cares? I feel terrible. We're not serious people. No, but it looks bad on me. <laughs> it's fine. It's so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with so Lavolo yeah, as number five. Renee, who you got? So uh, I'm glad you put out a disclaimer there because ranking managers going into 2024 is extremely difficult because, as you mentioned, there's there's hitting coaches, there's sure. pitching coaches, there's so many other pieces involved. You know what is the manager's role? So I went based off of guys that have steadily been improving that I feel like going into 2024 are going to need to have a big role in organizing the troops and keeping everybody locked in. Um, so I'm starting things off with a, with Mr. Brian Snitaker down in Atlanta. Now, when you look at where the Braves were when he came in and when he took over back in 2016 after Freddie Gonzalez and as someone that you know, worked his way through the franchise in many different roles. He was, of course, he's played with the Braves and he worked in his, you know, through the coaching staff, was an interim manager. And since taking over in 2016, when the team was having, you know, losing records, his first couple seasons were not great, but 
Brian Snitaker did help the Braves be able to win a World Series back in 2021, also be a team that's top of the league in various categories, winning the NL East, uh, six playoff berths. He's been manager of the year once. And also, they've been the top dog across Major League Baseball. Now, I think it's important because the Braves have not been able to get past the hurdle that is the Philadelphia Phillies, that if Brian Snitaker is going to be the top uh, top manager, he's got to find a way to make this group get further into the playoffs. And uh, I think it's a big year for him. It's a, it's a test year for them because they have on paper one of the best squads. And when you look at the what they've done in the last five seasons and his overall record through that, this team uh, has something very special. So to... For Brian Snitaker, starting things off in my number five. Yeah, so I grade managers on a bell curve. So eventually you get to a point where your team is so good that you're just expected to win. And if you're not winning right. at a high, high enough level, you're going to almost get a knock despite the fact that maybe you do win 95 or 97 regular season games. And maybe you do get to the CS. But at some point, that bell curve comes back to form and so for me picking managers that are top five worthy are about uh, expediting your talent for what you have around you whether it be via payroll or roster construction whatever the case may be so I'm going to go with a newcomer to uh, this list and the newcomer to the MLB last year his first time manager Skip Schumacher he was like uh, heavily considered replacing Dave Roberts who I thought did a tremendous mm. job in getting a Marlins team that has a ton of really great pitching but the roster construction itself was not fantastic. The Marlins were 33-14 and 14 in one-run games last season. Led Major League Baseball was the fourth-best one-run record in terms of percentages uh, of all time, despite the fact that they had a minus 57 run differential. The guy did a tremendous job of, of managing his, his uh, rotation, did a tremendous job of managing his bullpen. I don't know if the Marlins are going to repeat as a playoff team in 2024, but I think Schumacher if, did a really nice do, job in 2023. manager in right. baseball. Yeah, like, for sure. Um, yeah, Skip Schumacher was under heavy consideration for me. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with one that was the one I... Not that I lost sleep over it, but you know the saying, I lost sleep over mm. it. Dave Roberts. Um, uh. I have him number four. Now, the knock against him is me, you, and Tyler could go out there and manage the Los Angeles Dodgers. Their payroll is a billion dollars. You should be good. Uh, I think they've been decimated by injuries a little bit lately. Um, I think Dave Roberts is a fine manager. Uh, I think his biggest challenge out there is, especially now with Yamamoto and Otani and the international uh, contingency that's going to be thrust upon them, is just you know managing that clubhouse. You have the best player in baseball, in Mookie Betts or Otani. Uh, you have Freddie Freeman, who's like a top 10 guy. There's a lot of ego and personality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, it hasn't translated yet to the World Series success that maybe the payroll says it should. I still think Dave Roberts is a pretty solid manager, so I'm not going to hold his roster against him. Uh, and I'll look more to, like, the father figure, keep everybody at peace and at bay uh, type of manager role for him. So I got him number four. But I did consider putting Skip Schumacher over him. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, definitely keeping in perspective the roster, the talent, you know, what they're working with. You've got to be able to, as a manager, get the best out of your guys. And so I'm going to go with a guy that did just that to be able to lift the Philadelphia Phillies past Brian Snicker and the Braves and going with Rob Thompson. Rob, number four for me. Listen, coming into his first year to be able to lead the Phillies to the World Series, a team that prior had been under 500, obviously ended the playoff drought. We, we know exactly after following this team so closely 
all that Rob had his hands in. And there have been so many opportunities that Rob was managing the team so well. And the whether it was, you know, starting pitching rotation or, you know, making decisions out of the bullpen, that this team has a lot of belief and composure. And I know John talked about the professionalism that you're seeing down in Clearwater around the Phillies. A lot of that starts with Rob. He's very mild-mannered, never too high, never too low. And the guys embody that as well. And to have two playoff berths, of course, that World Series run um, where you are under 500, clinching, a, you know, last minute grabbing a wild card spot, surprising a lot of teams to go the wild the World Series, that belief starts at the top with Rob. And I'm hoping that this year, and it should be this year, that Rob takes a major stride in how he's organizing and leading this team as manager because Rob Thompson definitely has helped in his first two seasons, one where he wasn't even fully the, the manager the entire year, to be able to allow the Phillies to have that belief, that composure, that underdog mentality still, but also going out and grinding and, and earning you know, the ability to be a top team in the league. So mm. Rob Thompson... Going with topper number four. I, uh, all I see is chicken cutlets now mentioned by Mickey in the chat. Tyler, who you got number <laughs> yeah, four? Yeah, so this spot, uh, by the way, my the guy that I ended up, I was really deliberating between two guys. I ended up going with the guy that made the World Series this year, Tori Lovello, at number four, uh, spelled correctly on this one. So oh, my yeah, spelled yeah, correctly yeah. on yours. Yeah. 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 You just sandbagged uh, me. I get it. Okay. The guy that I struggled to keep off this list was Rocco Baldelli from the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Even though you know how high of the, uh, um, I think, of the Detroit Tigers this year, I still think the Twins win that division in the central Lavello did a really nice job of managing the 21st highest payroll to a world series berth. They only won 84 regular season games, but sometimes you make your mark when it matters most. And like you said, Jamie, I think you're right. He out, he outmanaged uh, Rob Thompson. He outmanaged Dave Roberts. And you know, obviously sure. they, they wiped the Dodgers pretty convincingly in the DS, but he outmanaged Rob Thompson. And then he ran into a buzzsaw that was the Texas Rangers. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody in baseball was beating the Rangers in the world series this past year. Lavello did a really, really nice job job with this team and I think that they get they got better this offseason by adding Eduardo Rodriguez sure. uh adding uh Jock Peterson this team is Rod Goriel back I think this team is still going to be good I'm going to go Lavello at four yeah uh you know he's one of those things it's it's how you view these he probably got uh, more out of what he should uh and I think this next guy for me number three Kevin Cash um you know when your highest paid player is uh Zach Eflin uh, the highest free agent signing in franchise history and year in and year out with their player development and scouting um, to be as competitive a franchise as the Tampa Rays are uh, is amazing. And, you know, you see these guys all over the Rays roster. You know, they lose a Wander Franco, who's one of the top prospects in baseball, and the team barely skips a beat. Uh, they develop guys all over the, all over the field. Uh, Kevin Cash is a great manager. Plain and simple. I think he's a top three guy in baseball. I even considered him putting him number one. Uh, that's how highly I think of Kevin Cash. So uh, number three is certainly no slight to him. I think he's done a tremendous job with the Rays. He's my number three. Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like for my list, I was going with a lot of, you know, for four and five for Rob, um, especially, you know, falling short, looking at Rob and Brian's ability to have top teams that fell short. And this team definitely did that. But I feel like he's going to have this has to be a top five year for him. Otherwise, he's not going to keep his job. And so that's why number three for me was one of the biggest off seasons after having a very disappointing year last year. Aaron Boone. Uh, listen, the Yankees didn't even make the playoffs last year. A team that was one of the most disappointing Yankees teams 
that you can think of in recent years. And Boone's job was honestly very much up in the air. And I completely agreed with it. I understood why many people called for him to be let go. But to see the moves they made this offseason, Juan Soto alone, uh, having a healthy Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees have to be a top team. So I put Aaron Boone number three because this is, in my opinion, a year where we need to see Boone coach at a higher level. In his time there, uh, five playoff birds, they haven't won – you know, a pennant. They haven't, he hasn't won manager of the year. They haven't done per, honestly well. And it's disappointing for the Yankees franchise, but Aaron Boone has to be that guy this year. It's his time to manage. You've got the talent now. You've got the, the, the team is all set up there. You obviously have Garrett Cole already back. Um, you have all the pieces. It's time to go out and see what you can do with it. And in 2024, you should see a top manager in Aaron Boone. If not, He's out of there. So he's my number three for a different reason hot that seat. he needs to be. He's absolutely in the hot seat. He needs to be a top five manager this season. If this team does not reach expectations of at least, you know, a playoff, getting to the playoffs, being in division uh, title contentions, he's not going to have his job. So, uh, yeah, it's Aaron Boone for me because the pressure is on for you, Aaron Boone, at number three. Who you got, Tyler? Imagine adding $30 million in salary and you going up to the 23rd ranked team in baseball in mm. terms of pay. That's what the Baltimore Orioles are looking at. They now, they're up to $83 whole million. I'm going Brandon Hyde. This guy in the course of the last two seasons. Now, granted, the talent has been significant. He won manager of the year last year, uh, right? Yeah. Did he? He, was, he did yes, win last year. Yes, he yes. did. But obviously the talent has gotten significant over the last couple of seasons. But from 2021, they won 52 games last year. I thought 2022 might have been one of his better managing times as well because they weren't quite good just yet. And he got that team to 83 and 79, despite the fact that there was very little talent still on that roster, even with Rutschman coming up. That Last year, they went 101 games without the fact, uh, despite the fact that they didn't have a really good starting pitching staff. They add Corbin Burns, Kyle Bradish when he gets back to fully being healthy which I'm hoping is by like April-ish, maybe, you know, late April. You're going to have those two guys. John Means gets healthy again. It's a, a much better pitching staff. I think Brandon Hyde did a, has done a really nice job with this Orioles team. I expect him to be in contention again. I'm going to go Brandon Hyde number Yeah, they three. got a lot better getting Corbin Burns and adding Jackson Holiday and some of these other kids. Uh, my number two, I'm going to go with a guy in organization I hate, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but Brian Snicker. Um, has won the NL East every year he's been the manager. And again, this is another manager that you look at and you go, well, yeah, we could all manage that team. Yeah, I know, but it's easier said than done. And to have a historic uh, greatest offense perhaps ever, yeah, sure, the players get a ton of credit for that. But again, you, you have to manage that. You have to manage the egos. Uh, there's a lot of Latin-speaking players there, so there's a big melding mm -hmm. uh, uh, pot. And, and Brian Snicker has been awesome with the Braves. Uh, you know, player development, he gets, you know, he gets a hand in, in the credit there in establishing the culture and the development, and the Braves are just a freaking awesomely run team. Uh, it's really annoying, and I'm not going to hold it against Snicker. I think he's one of the best managers in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me next, and actually, Tyler, you were just hitting on how much he helped – 
turn the Baltimore Orioles around. It's Brandon Hyde, who's at my number two spot and honestly could be number one with just how much he's helped take this group to the next level. Look, when he took over in 2019, the Orioles at that time were in the midst of a rebuild. It was messy. It was chaotic. His first two seasons there full two seasons there were also worse uh, bottom team across the league losing 108 games in 2019 110 in 2021 and for the Orioles to have quickly turned things around Adley Rushman was a big part of that they obviously had brought in Corbin Burns this past offseason they've been adding pieces they've been rebuilding uh, and our top team across Major League Baseball Brandon Hyde has been able to manage his group so well to have that quick turnaround sometimes it takes teams years to be able to do that and they were able to go from 2021 as I mentioned, with 110 losses to then 2022, where they are a team that you have to keep an eye on. So, you know, to be around 500 in 2022 or over 500 in 2022, I should say, um, he has continued to take strides with this organization. And I think as a club, the Orioles strides are because of Brandon Hyde and his ability to develop the young talent, as we were talking about, and have this team believing and being able to play at a high level. What do you got, Tyler? Not a huge fan of uh, retreads or baseball lifers, adding them to uh, mm-hmm. become a, a manager for the, a team that is looking to potentially, you know, compete. But it, just in general, not a fan of of the, the baseball lifer, per se. I think that sometimes there, there's merit in bringing in uh, a fresh face and a fresh voice. But hard to argue with five World Series appearances and four World Series victories, including his first year with the Texas Rangers. I'm going Bruce Brochi at number two. When you talk about guys that are surefire locks to be managers that get into the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done, Bro- uh, Bochy's name is at the top of the list. I think it was before he won the World Series last year. The three World Series in five seasons with the San Francisco Giants did a really nice job of, of managing this. Texas team has a little bit of that old school feels to him still. I think he's more analytic than people want to uh, admit just because he is a baseball lifer and a little bit of an old school manager, but still has enough of that good mix of analytics and old school feel. He did a tremendous job with this Texas team whose bullpen was a disaster for the first six months of the year. Blew more saves than anybody in baseball through August, and they found a way to come together and win the World Series. Bochy did a tremendous job this year. Yeah, he's my number one. I'm just going to take it right from there and continue on. I think Bruce Bochy is just awesome (laughs) you know he's that baseball lifer uh basically was a part of a dynasty out in san fran uh they bring him into texas with their new high payroll um they call him off of retirement he wasn't even expecting a call they talk him into the job and you know he is that old school guy tyler and then they have chris young you know the former uh, Princeton pitcher slash president who probably balances him out with a with a nice analytical aspect of that. Uh, so Bruce Bruce Brochy to me is is awesome. Um, he's number one, and not just because he won the World Series title again. I think that just kind of cemented it. He was always consistently one of the top managers uh, in the game. Yeah. All right. Well, I was considering putting Bruce in my top five. This is really difficult. My number one, though, I'm going out to L.A. It's Dave Roberts. I know you had him at number five on your list, Jamie. He's number one for me because when you look at what he's done in his time with the Dodgers, uh, Roberts has had one of the, the highest winning percentages across all managers in the league. You look eight playoff berths, three pennants won, obviously a World Series. Call it an asterisk or not. They still won a World Series title. His uh, winning percentage at a 630 He knows how to win games. And what makes him number one for me going into 2024 is Shoei Otani, Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now, Teoscar Hernandez. This is a a manager that already knows how to get the best from his team. And you look at the fact that, you know, the Dodgers have had 
multiple 100 win seasons five times they've never missed the playoffs um you know he has been a big part of that they've been at the top of the league already and adding in the and having the biggest offseason that they did you should get a top manager uh performance all year from dave roberts in order for them to be the team that they are expected to on paper and it's gonna have to be a big year for him to at least you know, get this team coming together. We've already seen their start to spring training, and I think Dave Roberts is going to be someone that at the end of 2024 is in the conversation for manager of the year. And who you got, Tyler? Yeah, no point over the last five years, including this year, have the Tampa Bay Rays been in the anything higher than 23rd yeah, on awesome. payroll. Uh, Kevin Cash, to me, is the best manager in baseball. Uh, 99 wins last season. They've made the playoffs each of the last five years. 96 wins in 19, 121. Uh, they go to the World Series in 2020, the COVID-shortened year. Uh, yes, they've lost in the ALCS, uh, excuse me, uh, the AL wildcard round each of the last two years and it's been underperformance and I think that at this point you are going to start to look at Kevin Cash inward a little bit you know he, he's kind of lost a little bit of the benefit of the doubt but to me he's done more with less uh, in terms of payroll wise they've done a really nice job of cultivating talent I know Jamie you're huge on their uh uh, player scouting development, and player scouting, development, yeah. all of that kind of, uh, you know, getting the best out of their young players. To me, Kevin Cash is still the best manager in baseball. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty freaking awesome. And so, by the yeah. way, I've seen it multiple times in the chat. Ron Washington is one of the best baseball coaches to ever walk the planet. I just, it's so hard to decide that uh, that Angels team stinks. Like, I was going to say, gonna I, I wanna, but Ron like, Washington <laughs> himself is an elite baseball coach. Yeah. That, is, that is what makes this ranking so difficult. And I know you guys, this might be one of the days you disagree with us the most because it's really hard. I mean, when you're talking about individual players you can look at stats and things managers how much are you weighing on them versus the team it's it's tough plus we're looking ahead into 2024 so hey listen yeah you look at don't my, like my list it's fine my, <laughs> like the four guys i left off were probably rob thompson brandon hyde ron washington yeah. and um I didn't really have Aaron Boone that high, but there was one other. See, um, I looked um, at it as 2024. Rocco Baldelli was big. So, like, the top 10 is... is Scott right. Service deserves some consideration, too. And Craig Castle, most people consider one of the top managers in baseball. Yeah. None I, of us had I know, him. I know. Um, I know, Tyler, you're anti-Craig. But honestly, he was in the consideration for me, too. But the top 10 is pretty impressive. There's to some me, good managers. To me, it just comes down to in 2024 who needs to be at the top because their team uh, is, is heavily leaning on them. So, I don't I, know. Let's Ready? wrap this thing up. This is the last guess <laughs> that swing. We are probably scraping the bottom of the barrel. When Johan Carmargo makes your list, you're you're near the bottom. You guys have three minutes to do this. Okay, we're we're doing it. And um, and, and get out of the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's do it. Five. I'm gonna fire right from the hit. A five on the difficulty scale. I see a left-hander. No, oh, you're a right-hander. Um, I think I see. The top hand is a left, left hand. Handed batter. And that's a righty. That's a righty. Because the left hand is top. Wait, no. Sorry. But I don't like that he's. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's a switch hitter, by the way. Switch hitter, oh, of boy. course. Here we go. Uh, I think I have somebody. I'm just going to shoot. Ew. Shoot. Shoot. Switch hitter. Which one is this? Um, I don't remember, to be honest with you. <laughs> Lovely. That's lovely. Um, All right. I'm going to send you a name. Giving you that it's a switch hitter, it narrows the list down. Oh, it does. But I was was stuck on switch hitters the other day. Um, Why are you not popping up? There you are, Tyler. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, it's the last one. Let's do it. Just fire from the hip and Um, get out of here. I'm not sure if we did him already. Jamie, Um, uh, 
you can enjoy your weekend. But let's well, see. Renee, I want you to enjoy your weekend Thank too. But you. Jamie's, but Jamie's got immediate plans, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Did we do him yet, Tyler? Uh, we have not done him yet. No. Okay. Renee's answer is locked in. Uh, Dave, I would say difficulty rating five because this guy was prominent for the Phillies, not during good years, but he was prominent. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna send you mine. Okay, right, here we go. Renee's answer is locked in. Oh, for I don't feel I don't feel good about it because I don't. I think my guy's a little heftier. I don't know. But I don't I'm know. Just, I gotta get balls in the air. All right, I mean, Jamie's going. Wow. Carlos Santana. He is locked in. <laughs> Renee went. Freddie Galvis. Oh, Galvis and is a good one. And the final guess <gasps> that swing right? of the year. <gasps> Freddie Galvis goes to Renee. <laughs> Proud of yourself. Woo! All right. Yeah, I ended on a high note. Let's yeah. go. Spiral out. I know you had it, Steven. We were locked in with Freddie Galvis. As soon as you said he was prominent on in those bad years, I was like, okay, I've got I've got potential here. See, Tyler, you gave it away. Now she's war. No, I already had my answer in. I already had my answer in before mm -hmm. he said that. Okay, for the record. Yeah. That was fun, guys. Maybe you should keep this going. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We'll be back next week, 11 a.m. per usual. Uh, we appreciate all of you. If you can hit that thumbs up button before you get out of here, make sure you're following along with John Foley as he'll be bringing you the day-to-day -day from down in Florida in spring training. The Phillies play meaningful baseball in 27 days. Welcome to March, everyone. Have a great weekend. We love you. We appreciate you. For Tyler, for Renee, for myself, Woo. thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week.